Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talking About Our Beautiful Savior. I am Pastor Alex Gross. And you are Carrie Gross. And we are one day past Groundhog's Day. Yep. And I, I did not realize it was Groundhog's Day until like Alex just told me. Yeah, and how did right. you feel when you realized it was past Groundhog's shocked Day? And shocked and appalled. Yep. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. It's a big day for you. Right. It is. So, I really. I mean, did he see a shadow or? I don't. I don't know, and I do not care. <laughs> I went out of my way to not find out. <laughs> I, I think it's all a sham. It's not. I a don't sham. trust Punxsutawney Phil, <laughs> and I think Big Groundhog is trying to push lies down my throat. <laughs> They're working together with weather. Oh weather. dear. <laughs> Um, no, so we were talking about this before. Uh, we're we're both thirty eight years old, so let's count back. Let's start the podcast by counting down. Uh, what was your worst Groundhog's Day ever? Well, thirty eight, and then go down to top Groundhog's Day. Okay, ever. so, so thirty eight worst Groundhog's Day ever. Uh, when I was thirty eight years old, because I didn't know it was Groundhog's okay, Day. Okay, yep. So that's yeah, that's pretty bad. If you didn't know, yeah, it was Groundhog. That's a huge worst day for you. Groundhog's thirty seven. Thirty. What? What's your next? Your, oh, your my next. next? Ah, how old were we in 2011? Um, Whatever. It doesn't matter. 23? <laughs> However, I was oh, old. Oh, so the first time you saw the movie Groundhog yes. Day. Where does the, that fall in the Groundhog's Day list of best Groundhog's Well, Groundhog's that's Day. best Groundhog's Day oh. because I never really... I mean, I really like... Who's the main actor? That one guy? Uh, Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> the, like... The funny Tom guy. Cruise. Stop it. Murray. Winston Murray. Churchill. Murray. Tim. Tur- Murray. Murray Peterman. Tur- Tom Murray. <laughs> Tom Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, there you got it. He you got is there. amazing. Yeah, he's pretty good in that movie. Okay, um, going on to our actual topic <laughs> of our podcast today. We're continuing on with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the Savior Sermon is our, our short worship series. And today's theme is you are dot, dot, dot. So be. Yeah. You are ellipses is the fancy term. So be. We'll get there in a little bit. First, we're going to talk about our Sunday school lesson, which is called the Palm Tree Judge. And it's about what great biblical woman? Uh, there was a lady named Deborah. Mm-hmm. She was a judge. Deborah was a judge. A, pro- a prophet. A prophetess. And a judge. Yeah. And where did she do her judging? Um, so she... she so people would come to her and they would gather, she would be under this palm tree. Mm-hmm. And the name of that palm tree was? Uh, uh, the tree of Deborah. The palm of Deborah. The palm of Deborah. Kind of uh-uh. makes you wonder how they came up with that name. No, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's been lost to history. So Deborah's setting up shop under the palm of Deborah. She's been blessed with this great wisdom from God. People are coming to see her. She's serving at a time in Israel's history where they had really lost track of God. Read the book of Judges, you realize that's a pattern that happens over and over again, frustrating pattern, where the people kind of get bored with God. They start to follow other gods of the people around them. God allows some sort of calamity to come upon them. They cry out to God and he responds and they come back to his side for a little bit and then the cycle repeats. So in this case, uh, it was the king of Canaan, a man named Jabin, Uh, God gave them into the hands, the Israelites into the hands of Jabin and his army commander, Sisera. So Deborah comes to uh, Israel's leader, whose name is Barak, and tells him, look, Israel's in a bad way, but you are to lead the people of Israel into battle against Sisera, and don't worry about a thing, you're going to win. And Sisera, remember, what, what was so special about Sisera's army? 
Well, I just remember something about 900 chariots yes. made of iron. Chariots, yeah. So you iron. try to think of a modern comparison to military technology today, like fighter jets. Drones? <laughs> drones, maybe, yep. Um, big tanks. So God is telling Barak, look, I know this looks like I'm feeding you into some kind of buzzsaw, but don't worry. You're going you're gonna to win. And Barak says, okay, God. No, no, I, oh, nope. no, no, what is Only if you go, Deborah. Yeah. So Beric says, Deborah, I'll go, but only if, if you go. <laughs> and what's Deborah's, Deborah's response is great. What does she say? Uh, she just says, that's not how God, like, that's not the plan. That's not what mm-hmm. God w- wanted it. But I'll go mm-hmm. because God told us to go. Mm-hmm. So a great example of a strong, a woman of strong faith in the Bible who says, this is not happening this this god called this man to do this he's not so i will step in and assist him i will i will be behind him sort of pushing him into battle and so that that's part of what makes deborah such a great biblical person is just i see this need i believe in god strongly i'm going to do what god needs me to do in this and moment. she did it while maintaining barracks dignity like yeah. she didn't embarrass yeah him. I think, you know you could envision another way this goes where she just kind of mocks Barrick and and humiliates him instead she's just very respectful like this is not the way god wanted it but i'll go and mm-hmm. it's gonna work out anyway and so it does and god sends his people into battle um Barak leads leads the army uh sisera mobilizes his army when he hears israelites are on the move but god gives israel this amazing victory and now Sisera is on the run. He's scared. He's a big chicken. Mm-hmm. What, can you make a chicken noise? No. I absolutely <laughs> can't. Cacaw. But- <laughs> I think that's a crow. I'm no ornithologist. But I think you just made. Uh, chicha. Yeah, chicha. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good chicken. That's the one. Chicha. Chicha. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, he runs. And he runs to this house of this man named Heber, who had made a treaty with Sisera's people, which is bad. Heber should have trusted in God, but instead he makes a treaty with Sisera's people. Heber's wife invites Sisera in. Remember her name? J- J-L? Jail. J-A-E-L. Jail says, of course, Sisera, I'll take you in. You must be so tired from being such a big chicken. Can we stop there, though, and back up? Like, Sisera had been very cruel to the Israelites, like, oppressing them for 20 years. I mean, yeah, it's it's... It's like the country had. I don't know how much Sisera had okay. been directly involved okay. in that. But yeah, Canaan had been very cruel to uh, Israel during that, that point. So Jael invites Sisera in, says, you must be tired, invites him to sleep. And then she does kill him in the sleep. And we're not going to get into exactly how she did that because it's pretty graphic. Very uh, graphic. For um, what is a family podcast here. We won't, won't get into the details of it. But the important question, was it okay that Jael did that? Yeah. She killed this this guy. Why? Why is it? Well, okay? the God had commanded the Israelites to defeat these nations that mm-hmm. were taking people away from the true God. Yeah. Um, and this man was an important part of Yeah, he was an enemy that. combatant that was threatening Israel's relationship with the true God. So she is in this moment like a soldier. Um, mm-hmm. we, we do make that distinction between not all killing is what God would consider murder. It's what's what's in your heart. And she's basically a combatant in a military situation, and she, she takes him out. Um, 
after the battle's over, Deborah and Barak sing the song of victory together, which is pretty cool. And the heart of the song is basically how they didn't deserve this victory. Israel didn't, but God gave it to them anyway. So just imagine this you know, man and woman who've had their roles leading this, this charge and the battle is a success. And they respond with this, this song this together. Glory to God. And there are 40 years of peace after Sisera was defeated until the cycle starts over again. I think the next cycle will be with Gideon. So with those 40 years, like they were staying true to... For some of it, yeah. I mean, it's 40 years of peace while their relationship with God is better and then it's slowly yeah. getting worse again. Okay, First Peter 2. Uh, this is one of the more famous sections of First Peter. It's where Peter's talking to us as believers. He says, you are, one, a chosen people. Two, royal priesthood. Three, holy nation. Four, God's special possession. Wow. That's a pretty sweet list there. Yeah. So I think it, it doesn't really matter how old you are. This section is important to knowing what God says about you. But I've gone through this, this section a lot with the teens in our church and those in their 20s too. Because I think the devil is really good at assaulting their identity. You know, I think the last couple of weeks in teen group, we've talked a lot about their feelings and their anxieties. And they've been pretty open about how easily they can be made to feel worthless and unimportant and they're not influential. And it doesn't get more important than being God's chosen people. Yeah. God God chose you. You think of kick, kickball when you're little, you know, to be chosen for the team feels really important. And mm -hmm. that's just by, you know, some other clowning in grade school. <laughs> some other eight-year-old. Chosen to be, you know, the captain. You know, I really hope he picks me. You know, <laughs> he can kick hard. You know, yeah, this is the creator of the world. First. That's chosen. Yeah. yeah. We're all, it's a tie for first. We're all God's chosen people. To be priests that are serving him, uh, not just that, but royal priests, so part of his royal family. A holy nation, a whole nation of people who are, are sinless before God because of Jesus, and then God's special possession, Think of what a, a special possession means when you're you're little. Um, I think for me of like my Cal Ripken Jr. rookie baseball card, or um, my bike. I really liked my bike when I was growing up. Can I, I tell you mine? Try to take care of it. No, you may not. Uh, my <laughs> third thing. <no. laughs> mine was my Shaquille O'Neal Pog, like the metal, oh, the, the shooter or yeah. whatever it was. Slammer. Slammer, yeah. The Shaquille O'Neal Slammer. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Did you ever actually learn how to play Pogs? Of course. I didn't have a TV. That's oh, all I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can't watch TV. Time to go play Pogs. <laughs> Goodness, Pogs are so uh, stupid. No, they're awesome. No, they're not. In order of things that are dumb, it goes Groundhog's Day, one, two, Pogs. No, absolutely disagree. If you don't know what Pogs are, don't, don't bother. <laughs> okay, but wait. What were we talking about? Uh, Pogs. <laughs> no, we're talking about uh, God's special possession. Like something you keep and cherish and mm -hmm. hold, like that's how God looks at us. Yeah. Like you are so special to me. Right. So when we feel unloved or worthless, we feel like our life doesn't matter, we're not important at our job, people don't appreciate us, which are things the devil makes us believe. Mm -hmm. It's not true. That you are God's special possession. He says, you are all those things that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Uh, did you know the Greek word ekklesia? That's really became the word for church. Um, called out is what that means. So the church is people I did not know that. called out of darkness into light. So the picture picture is like a bunch of people in a cave. They're stuck there. They don't know how to get out. They're angry at each other. They're scared. Suddenly a brilliant light 
you know, shatters the darkness of the cavern and they're called out and they're safe. You know, they can see each other, they can love each other, they can love the one who rescued them, which is God nope, in this case. No longer afraid. That's, yeah, no longer afraid. That's church. He says, once you were not a people, now you are a people of God. Once you would not receive mercy, now you have received mercy. Uh, and our staff meeting on a Monday, we were just talking about the, the humility that comes from that, that I wasn't this thing. And then God made me this thing. I was the opposite of it. And then God made, to do God made a complete reversal. I wasn't I his person. Now I am his person. I had not received mercy. Now I have. And that fits in with the theme so well. You are, so be. You don't turn those around and say, be God's chosen people so that you are loved. Nope. No, you're loved first. And then we respond to And it. that's the only way we can be like mm -hmm. motivated and able to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Um, then he says, live as foreigners and strangers in this world. So that concept of I'm I'm but a stranger here, heaven is my home. That's a pretty popular hymn uh, that you see that in First Peter too. I don't I don't belong here. I, I don't I don't live here, and yet um, I can still enjoy being in this world. I just know this isn't isn't my true home. And then the last thing Peter says is, live good lives among unbelievers so they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So be what God made you to be. Why? What is Peter saying? Because that's who we are. Uh, we're, well, sorry. I got distracted because Melville is barking at Seawolf. <laughs> okay. So be all these chosen people and live out your life and your good deeds so that unbelievers oh, will see. See, um glorify your god in heaven because mm -hmm. like you're gonna look different and they're gonna want what you have this mm -hmm. like different this joy mm -hmm. and they're gonna want to have what you have and you're gonna share with them why you right. have that so you don't live out these good deeds so that people look at you and say well you're awesome right but they want to know why are you different and the answer can be god god is what makes me different my yeah. status is god's god's people what jesus did for me yeah um, gospel, Matthew 5, uh, you are, you are, I have it in big red bold print so that uh, I would remember to say this, you are. So this, this costs seven cents to print rather oh, than three boy. cents. So whew, that's an extra four, four cents extra to make this cents. podcast good. Um, oh, but you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Um, you are, so be. That's where the theme for this week comes. You already are salt. You already are light. Um, when, when someone uses that phrase, those people are the salt of the earth, what do they mean by that typically? Uh, I think it's just like, like just real, like, you know, like get your hands dirty, kind of work the ground. I don't know. Yeah, work like, the ground. No, they're not putting on any, uh, on air. fronts. Yeah. They're, like, they're, they're just who I am. Down to earth, humble people. What does it mean though when, when Jesus says here, we're the salt of the earth? Uh, well, Salt is what they use to preserve their food, like mm -hmm. meats. And when, you know, there's no refrigerators back then. So this would have been like the thing that preserves something of value. You know, I just realized, you know what, what joke they couldn't do back then? What? They couldn't call anybody up and be like, is your refrigerator running? Oh, man. Which is a real, I know, like, that there were lots must of have been parts about living really hard. times, like disease and... And all the other stuff, like mm -hmm. yeah, but you couldn't call it people and make right. that joke. Did you ever? Did you ever do that? Did I? Of course yeah. I did. Me too. Yeah, I mean it. It killed every time. <laughs> so the preservative aspect of salt, rather than the seasoning taste aspect of salt. So God is saying, you are the reason the world is preserved. You know, 
act like it. Act like your life matters. Act like because it does. Because it does. You know, mm-hmm. you're my chosen people, and then help other other people understand that their life matters too. That their life is preserved because because of Jesus. So you are the salt of the earth. So be the salt of the earth. And, and like that's else? really just like like powerful. Mm-hmm. Like that motivates. It inspires. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the second you are in red and bold is you are the light of the world, a city that cannot be hidden. The the city on a hill, I think about uh, in downtown Cincinnati, when you're coming into the city from the south, like if you're driving from Lexington, uh, you come up 75 there, and you get, get to a certain part where you see downtown, especially at night, and it's all lit up, and the skyscrapers and Paul Brown Stadium and I think it's Paycor Stadium, whatever where the Bengals play now. The Red Stadium it just it's it's so beautiful and eye catching. You you cannot possibly miss it. It'd be insane to have missed it. Mm-hmm. So again, you you are the light of the world. You are the city. Act like it. Be be a, a city that can't be missed. Let people see your life not again so that they think you're an awesome person and, you know think you're really cool or whatever, but be a city that cannot be hidden so that people want to know about Jesus and, and your life leads them to him. Thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's so easy to be different sometimes, I feel mm. like. Um, like something simple, like just like being in a good mood when you're around strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like smiling instead of frowning. Mm-hmm. Um, the Like that can open doors to conversations. Like sure. really, you know, it's it's not hard to be different yeah especially when it comes to like stuff like a lot of people just expect like yeah it's fine to lie but like if they see like wow like they wouldn't lie about that that happened to me once so and it was like uh you know it just gave me the chance to talk about jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) like why uh jesus goes on to say do you think not think do not think that i've come to abolish the law or the prophet so an easy shot to take at jesus if you're a jewish leader is this guy doesn't care about the word he doesn't care about the old testament jesus says no i'm all about that i'm all about that action i'm I'm actually here to fulfill that i everything the old testament promised i would do everything you were supposed to do in the old testament i'm here to do it and then he he makes this point he says uh, not the smallest letter not the least stroke of the pen will disappear. He's talking about the written word of the Old Testament. Um, it seems that what he's talking about with the, the one word, uh, the smallest letter, is that Yoda in Greek, the smallest letter. We, we sometimes use that in phrase like it won't make one iota of a difference. Like it's just mm-hmm. a super small thing. Um, the least stroke of a pen, the Greek word that Jesus uses here, this phrase means horn. And it's used to designate, like, the writing in Hebrew, these little tiny things you would do to finish a letter, like a little flourish. Like, I think the the People's Bible compared it to the bottom of a J, you know, that last little hook on the J to kind of, this is a J. So that Jesus is saying, every single thing the Bible says, I'm here to complete. So rather than setting aside all of it, he's completing all of it, which is great for us because you think, I don't take god's word that seriously i want to but i don't Mm -hmm. so jesus as not rule breaker but rule filler to the nth degree Mm -hmm. is a a really important concept anything there uh it just makes me feel uh think about the when jesus healed the blind man it was on the sabbath day and he made mud and touched the man's eyes and healed him and the pharisees like you know they were trying to find 
some way to like fall him and mm-hmm. say he's a sinner uh, and not the Messiah because he did this thing on the Sabbath day and he um, he just like blows past it like mm. no yeah. <laughs> like no I'm the Messiah the ultimate yeah you know. we've we've seen that in our gospel mark study a couple of weeks too that him explaining what the Sabbath is for and kind of like I'm I'm the Sabbath master. You yeah. don't get to tell me what it's for. I tell you what it's for. The last thing in the gospel to point out, he's, he's talking to the people and he says, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven, which sounds strange because he's called out the Pharisees several times for their behavior. He's called them whitewashed tombs. So why would he be setting them as an example here? What do you think he means? Well, because they were like obsessed with, like their whole lives revolved around, mm-hmm. I'm going to obey every single thing um that i that's possible plus i'm going to add some like little rules here and there or big rules here and there so that it's even more apparent that i'm like following exactly what god says mm-hmm. and like they they were sinners yeah yeah they were trying super super hard to keep the law perfectly so if you were going to keep the law perfectly you needed to do a better job than the pharisees who were like the LeBron, the Taylor Swift of works righteousness, the just experts at trying. And he's like, even these guys are not there. So he's basically saying, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You're not getting in the kingdom of heaven by your own behavior. That's why I came to fulfill every little bit of the law. Yes. And thank goodness he did. All right, here's our verse for today, a verse of, from Church of God, Elect and Glorious. You want to read that one? Once you were an alien people, strangers to God's heart of love, but he brought you home in mercy, citizens of heaven above. Let his love flow out to others. Let them feel a father's care that they too may now his welcome and his countless blessings share. So why do you think that was picked for this week? This theme of you are, so be. Yeah, so like we're... um, we're loved by God, uh, and we have, you know, this home of heaven. So that's who we are. Um, and now go be that to mm-hmm. other people. Be the love that God has given you. Um, show that love to others so that they can join us yeah. in heaven. Yeah, it fits really well with the first Peter reading we mentioned earlier. Once you were an alien people, you know, Peter said, once you were not a people, now you are the people of God. So that, that concept, you weren't. You weren't. And then God made you it. So what will your response be? You are not alien people anymore. You're part of God's family. So what will you do? You will let them feel a father's care. You'll Mm -hmm. act like it. You're God's people. So act like it. Let his flow, love flow out to others. So the readings, the hymns this week fit really well together. So good segue to the end of our podcast. You are, so be. How will that impact you this weekend? Um, You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So you are God's people. You are chosen, special possession. You are salt, light. I guess, and I think about that, I want to really make an extra effort at making my conversations count. Yeah. Uh, I think I talk a lot for my job. I talk a lot in general. That's just kind of my personality. But I think... The, the people that need to hear me talk about Jesus the most are the people that don't know him. Right. And that's the hardest you know, time to talk about Jesus mm-hmm. because you're like, there's no bridge here. I don't know how to just abruptly talk about Jesus. 
And I think especially of our, our one neighbor who's like a giant Bengals fan. His backyard looks like, you know, the Bengals Hall of Fame. And it's really easy to talk to him about Joe Burrow and what do you think the chances are of them going to the Super Bowl this year. A lot more difficult to talk about Jesus. But mm-hmm. I'm called to be a city on a hill that is obviously there. I'm called to be a light. So this weekend and beyond, God, help me to talk about you more. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, just to what you were saying, I think it's, for me at least, I don't really, like, plan conversations ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think through, like, what could I say to this person or, like, ask this person. But really, if you just, like, give it some thought, like, hey, who am I going to encounter today? Um, what are what are things I can do or say that might open a door for a conversation? And it's it's really not as hard. Like, you can manufacture mm-hmm. um, bridges Yeah. in your conversation. Yeah, that's good. I like that. All right, so that that's it for today. Now, I was thinking, growing up, I watched a lot of G.I. Joe cartoons, which were amazing. And every episode of G.I. <laughs> Joe cartoons ended with a PSA, public service announcement. So there'd be, like, two kids on their bike, and they would come across a downed power line. Oh, and no. be like, oh, let's touch this downed power line. <laughs> and Duke would show up and be like, don't touch that downed power line. Ooh. And then they would say, now you know. Knowing is half the battle. You know, it's cool. I think we should end every episode with a PSA that has nothing to do with anything else we talked about. I think about that's a really episode. good idea. So what do you think today's PSA should be? Um, How about fill your tank with gas? Always, if it's empty. Oh, yeah, we both we both ran out of gas this week, didn't we? It was my, I mean, it was my fault. Both I, I take half, half blame no, for it. We, no. we made it work, though. We, God bless <laughs> us. We figured it out. So today's PSA is fill your gas tank and... Don't touch downed power lines. Don't do it, guys. Do. 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 Bye. Bye.